Hi, this is Ricky Stewart. And if you want to listen to a Raiders podcast, then you should listen to the official one, Behind the Limelight. Not this rubbish with Flakey Blakey. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork. It's Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And this is the third most popular podcast on the internet about the Raiders. Coming to you from the Cla- filthiest... I had to clarify that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Coming to you from the filthiest storeroom buried somewhere in the bowels of Civic, the location of which we will never reveal, will we, Blake? Never. And it's brought to you with the dubious support of the Greenhouse, the Raiders' number one fan forum on the internet. Get online and get engaging with people who love the Canberra Raiders as much as you. And talking about people who love the Canberra Raiders as much as you, we're also brought to you by the good people at Landspeed Records. Come in and buy your LPs, your CDs, your clothing, your T-shirts, your posters, your turntables from people who do bleed green just like you do. And we're assuming if you listen to this podcast, you do bleed green. Isn't that right, Blake? Of course. Sharks win, Blake. Tell me all about it. Well, you know, it's I've, it's one of those things where you realise how far we've come as a club that we sort of um, can win a game, get pick up two points, and we're pretty down, pretty mm-hmm. down on it. Look, it was lucky. It was ugly. It was lucky. Uh, it was always going to be an ugly match against the Sharks mm-hmm. in the rain. You know, it's, 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 it's what they specialise in. And thankfully, we played well enough. I mean, the first half, it was a game of two halves, the old cliche, but... The first half, we played really well. Mm. We were really patient under conditions. Yep. Um, and I thought only the weather was keeping the Sharks in the match at that stage. Yeah. <clears throat> well, when we went to halftime uh, at 12-0, look, I was really happy. Mm. Um, we got that last try to Hudson Young right in the end. and It was it was a nice bit of play from Hodgson to set it up. Everyone it was. was talking about field goal, and he just went down the blind. <clears throat> yeah. Which is, is I one was of his certainly talking these. about field goal. I thought yeah. that was the best option there, but... One point one, two point. Yeah, here we go. That's the way. It was, it was, it was pretty hard to kick a, a field goal from forty meters out on that on any night, let alone that night, as as we saw in Moylan. But I think he went beyond the forty, didn't he? Oh, he it, was, was he beyond the halfway at that stage? Oh, I don't know. It was horrendous. It was horrendous. But anyway, the second half, look, we kind of did um, lose our heads. Mm. No more, none more so than Jordan um, Rappina when he sort of managed to like. Combine a hospital pass and a one-on-one strip of yeah, his own, of, of his, his own, own man. Of his own man. It was a low point in the match. There's no question. <laughs> as as my son said at the time, John Rappin, he does a lot of good things, but he he does do some stupid ones sometimes, doesn't he? And I was like, yeah, he does. Yeah, 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 yeah. But look, he, he put he, he put his hand he put his hand up and he owned that one, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure we'll never see that again. So yeah, all in all, we got the two points. We move on, as you've said before on this show, at the end of the year, no one cares how you got those points in yeah. round two, three, four, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's just the fact that you've banked them. So you, you bank them and you move on. Yeah, look, I, I did raise one of those points a few years ago when the Broncos just scraped into the finals the last time they were in. And basically there was a, a field goal thon against the, the Warriors where they just kept missing and eventually the Broncos got one. And had the field goal gone the other way, the Broncos wouldn't have made the finals and history would have been different on how they were viewed and their progress. You know, so Was this the year when they made the finals and then got absolutely done annihilated? Done by Parramatta. Yeah. And, and the blowtorch would have been on Seabolt's belly earlier had that happened than it was. But you could still... It, it papered over that crack. So I saw him getting sacked the next season. Um, but... The blowtorch was on the players for playing it the was, pokies. Yeah, that's right too. But Pokey at the same gate. stage... 
there occasionally you can say, well, the difference between you making something and not, <clears throat> we're on the back of a really bad result. Well, you know what? That wasn't a bad result because it was two points. It was, it was two points in the result. bank. It was a great result and it showed the team can win dirty. Yeah, exactly. And look, that's, you know, traditionally three, four years ago, we don't win that game. Yeah, agreed. To a certain degree, our luck has changed. And look, there was there was a large element of luck in, in, in Chad Townsend missing, you know, not one, but two goals from basically the same position mm. but for the second one I was I was I, if I was in charge of Chuck I would have given Dukes mm. Dukes mm. a kick we've seen him kicking before you know I didn't think that was a, a penalty at the end I thought there was very tiggy touchwood that they even gave one for that I actually thought the Sharks were robbed because it shouldn't have been a penalty it should have been a minute to go with them getting the ball in that position to attack I really truly think it was because the chances the Raiders giving away a penalty at that stage to defend their line I would have said were 50% yeah. Um, so they might have had a shot in a much better position than they got it. I don't think that did any help because... I was in two minds to whether they're actually going to take the kick. I thought maybe <laughs> based on his previous... But no, they backed him. Well, he just had his third child the week before and his wife's still in hospital and he was looking after the kids. So I think what we saw with Chad Townsend, he just didn't have enough had enough sleep. But he just had a dirty day. But it was sad that the, you know one of the players at the Sharks, he would speak highly of. And I know people have brought up his hit on, on, on Caelan Ponga last year. But in general, Chad Townsend is a good bloke and a clean skin. Which still that um, that like running out of the line just mad, moment of madness from Chad Townsend. Oh, after he gets the whistle used, had gone, I know it gets used in every promo for the NRL season, it, and he got suspended for it. I don't. It's inappropriate. But um, his misses, yeah. Look, people can say they delivered it. The the question is, uh, before they scored their first try, the Sharks, the possession they got leading up to that was extremely questionable, um, and then really the try that Dugan purportedly scored I've seen that disallowed on multiple occasions I thought it was a try I thought it was a try I I have seen when the ball has been pulled out of a hand like they were it was pulled out of Bailey Simonson's hands and then touched him regardless of whether it went back or forward still said that was a knock on yeah I've seen it say it went into another player and therefore and I've seen that done regardless of the fact that it went backwards into that player regardless of the fact that it went backwards into that player those ones are a bit of a lottery aren't they it wasn't it was we the got lucky, button. it's they got lucky to be in the position back into the match, is, is my opinion. I mean, Jordan and Bailey had a dirty day, in my opinion. But I don't really think anyone else played that poorly. Uh, Rappiner, though, apart from, apart from, you know... Yeah, and they weren't that poor, they just had a few moments. Oh, Bailey Simonson was, was a bit, yeah, not great. Um, Rappiner made heaps of metres out of our own end. Yeah, he yeah. does what he does. Yeah. So I think he had, all in all, I think he had, apart from the brain explosion, I think he had a good game. And I'd like to point out to people that uh, Jordan Rappiner's fantastic early season form is brought to you by Blake and the Porks Mozza of him uh, pre-season about saying maybe he should come back through. Don't Reserve include play. me in that. And Don't we were just We that. were just doing that to challenge him to make sure Don't he came back in this we. I was. I called you an ass clown for suggesting such a thing. Uh, it was just a tactic, people. I want you to know. Um, a bit of concern over Hutto's knee and CNK's leg. Yeah. Well, um, at the time Hutto happened, it's like whoa, I was like briefly, yeah, looking concerned. But yep. seems to be seems it's going to be okay. And um, when we get to the the makeup of the extended bench, the, the bench and the extended bench, um, that sort of makes clear that it's probably okay. That he's okay. CNK though. Maybe more of a question mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we will uh, get there. Well, and we had reserves cancelled last week. It was washed out. So a whole lot of players didn't get a run at all, which is a bit of a problem because you want them to be getting a run and, and match fit. And all those reserve grade players 
um, who you want to be making. You know, we were looking forward to Big Red's return. Yeah. We were, you know, more of Emre Gula, Tom Starling getting another run, etc. Didn't happen. Smith Shields. Smith definitely Smith Shields. Um, and and it was it was cancelled. So, but uh, then we come to the Warriors match this weekend. Um, they've won two of their last three here. They're usually tight affairs, aren't they? Yep. Absolutely, they're usually, usually tight, tight affairs. affairs. That's right. Just like with the Sharks, they're usually tight affairs. Yeah. They're rarely blowouts. Yeah, they are with the Warriors none, too. None tighter than that game. The crazy um, roughing a try from the uh, from Blake Austin's missed, Wasn't that missed against the Knights. Was it? Yeah, I think it was against the Knights. Am I thinking of a different game? Which was the one that went into Golden Point after um, they they like had a couple of kicks like right at the end of the game. I think it, I think it was against Newcastle where he scored where the the field goal oh, went back and bounced back. I think it was against the Knights. We definitely had a golden. We've had some golden points against. Oh, yeah, the but Warriors. I think we've lost the golden points against the Warriors. There's that horrible no, we did win match that where they marched downfield, and we were one point in front. Oh, yeah. and they and then and Sean Johnson got one to tie it up, and then they marched straight downfield before we thought. Oh, we go extra time. Yeah, they marched downfield <laughs> and potted a second one. There was no extra time that day, my friends. Um, but uh, uh, here's the thing about the Warriors. Look at their back five. You know, okay, so they've lost you and Aitken out the back at the moment because he's he's done his ankle and it's quite bad, so he's out for a while. But you look at Peter Hicku, uh, Pompey, um, Adam Pompey is pretty damn good in the centres, and then you got the back through of Marmolo, Fusatua, and Roger Tuivasa Shek. I'm sorry, that's as good as any back three in the NRL. Yeah, well, that's that'd be the, that. Is that the New New Zealand like starting back three? If that, runs... yeah, it's just, yeah, well, I think so, yeah, yeah. because um, CNK is forced into the centres. Yeah. Um, but that's that's the most remarkable. That can score a try from anywhere. It's fast. It's furious. It jumps. It tackles. It's it's everything. No, no, but I'll also, you know, in terms of getting a, a roll on out of your own end. Yeah, yeah, you, you you can't get much better than that. No, so that there's a definite threat there. So we really need to grind out a win. We have to go through the forwards, um, and you know, like their forwards. The other thing, apart from the, we've got an advantage in the forwards. But looking at the teams, the other obvious advantage we have in them is the spine. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't be picking um, Wade Egan ahead of Josh Hodgson. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, any, yeah, any I'd be day. Picking, yeah, yeah. But and then with um, uh, you've had uh, Tavita Harris. He's uh, out. Harris Tavita got injured, he's out for and he's weeks. out. So we have got a young man called Sean O'Sullivan coming. Yeah, he's son, nine the games. son of the controversial recruitment manager, formerly of the Storm, formerly of the Roosters. He got he got sacked. Um, Right. From the storm because of the salary cap scandal. But he's discovered. He's every good player you can think of, he discovered. Yeah, right. Uh, Inglis. Discovered. Um, RTS. Well, he signed them. He brought them to his clubs. He's, he's, he's the most successful recruitment manager of the last 30 years. But so he got run out of the storm because of the salary cap scandal and his involvement with the salary cap scandal. Then he was at the Roosters. Then he got run out of the Roosters and um, barred from working in the NRL for a couple of years due to his links to um, controversial professional gambler and brothel owner Eddie Hayson uh, yes I remember who is this. then also of course linked to Buzz Rothfield so fairly extensively so he's one of Buzz Rothfield's mates as well and then yeah so he was out of the game for two or three years and now he's at at um, now he's at the Warriors at the Warriors and he brought his son over who was at the Broncos he brought his son over to play halfback there right well he's he's coming in so they've got a, a spine of Wade Egan Sean O'Sullivan Cody Nicarima who always likes scoring a try against the Raiders this is again if and you then look at Roger Tuivasa yeah if you look at it again in like the halves Cody Nicarima on his day great but can absolutely go missing and can be a turnstile in defence yeah, yeah. you take Jack we've White got, over him any day of the yeah week. we've got Hodgson over Egan um, I'd say George Williams over O'Sullivan. You'd yeah, say Jack White over Nicarima. 
And CNK probably has to take a back seat to RTS, but yeah. I think he'd probably volunteer that. But you know what? He'll go down fighting. Yeah. If he goes down at all. So, yeah, I think we got them in the spine. But I think more importantly, I think in the forwards, when you look at... Okay, Adam Fanua Blake has come over for them, and he's good. Yeah. No, he's, he's really good. good. Now, he he annoyed us all with his tear-crying thing when he was playing for Manly. But I loved it. You know what? Suck it up, Princess. They I loved won, it. We lost. I loved it. Um, it's the same, it was same with the, the Ennis... Um, you know, Viking type. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, I loved it. it's great. It, it makes the you go watch a, a, a rugby game, a Brumbies game, yeah. where they're playing. You know, it's well, they're not playing any anonymous South Africans now. Yeah, but they'd play a team of anonymous South Africans. There's no theatre. There's no interaction. There's no drama. You don't even know who half the people are. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You need villains, you know. Oh, yeah. But and yeah. for now, Blake, let's go out there and let's boo him. My you know? my basic thing, and this this is um, one of the things I think should be considered um, by the NRL rules people while they're changing it. Um, there is that thing where a six again sometimes within 10 metres when you're more than two points behind is, is no use to you whatsoever. And in that particular match against Manly, they were down to 12 men defending their line for that last minute and a half and they cheated and cheated and cheated. They were continually offside. They were continually giving away penalties because they didn't. They knew we couldn't take a, a penalty. We had to have a try. Yeah. And they were knocking balls down and they got... I think they ended up that match with two men sin bin. Yeah. But in rugby union, one of the very few things the rugby union does better is when there's an instant of deliberate cheating to stop a try, they award a penalty try. And I think in, in the instance in rugby league, you can basically say on the fourth occasion or the third occasion where it's been a deliberate penalty, if the ref puts his hands up and say, can you confirm X was offside? Can you concern Y was not straight and played at the ball? Can you confirm this? And once they do, they go and award a penalty try under the sticks because that, you know... Adam Fanua Blake wouldn't have been wringing his eyes on that particular match had that occurred because the Raiders deserved, you know, more than what they were able to get. And there's a time when a penalty is not a penalty. But, yeah, he's up front with Bunty Afoa, who's really a second rower, uh, waiting and locking them in. And then you've got um, uh, Bailey Sirenen and uh, Katoa, Eliezer uh, Katoa. He's only played 13 games. But he's a big unit, 193 centimetres. And then locked up by Tahu Harris. So that's, an, uh, that's a pretty decent forward pack. Um, then you've got our pack of Louis, Papali'i, Hodgson, Whitehead, Young, and Tarpanay. That yeah. And then you go to the bench. It's as good as, it's as good And you've got Havili, Sutton, and Soliola, and James to come on from there. You know, you go to the Warriors bench after that point, and you're going to Jastavanga, Murdoch Masala, um, Lisa Naumau, who's very good, and then Jack Murchie, who's to come from the Raiders. Now... There's some pretty handy players in there, there but it's it? not up to the no, same standard. But there is some serious size on that bench. Oh, there's some serious Murdoch Masilla is a beast. He's a massive and, and, and Lisa Armel. And Jack Murchie's very big these days. Since but, he's moved purely to a front rower. Well, let's see how bigger. his defence goes though. Yeah, well that's but I think at the Raiders maybe part of the problem was um second row. Second row and yeah. he's you know and once he's committed to, to being a front row, he's really <laughs> beefed up and he doesn't have to worry as much about the yeah, oh, it's a big unit. They knew that at the Raiders. They knew it was a big unit, but it was the defence. But maybe you're right. Maybe going to the front row is exactly what they needed. But um, having said that, maybe he still is susceptible, you know, on the goal line because that's even the big units. You yeah, know, that's well, where you uh, get found out. Tavita Pangai still is. He that was the reason the Raiders went. Yeah, we're not interested. He's dreadful on the goal line, and he still is. Um, of course, we need to grind out this win, and and anyone who thinks this is going to be anything more if we get it than a, a, a one to twelve is kidding themselves. Um, where is it one? It's one up front, defence up front, and ball control. Hold the ball. 
Yeah, it's a very simple game, rugby league, isn't it, Blake? It's interesting, you know, whether we we play it in really tight because one of the criticisms of um, Josh Hodgson's when he was coming back and since he's been back is maybe an over-reliance on the crash ball. But is that what Ricky's telling him to do? You know, is that is that purely down to him or is it the coach's tactic just to go that very narrow channel? And especially with the new rules. Mm. The mm. other interesting thing with the new rules, is moving on a little bit, is um, and something that was a real feature of the game against the Sharks, just the brutal defence mm. that we put on. I mean, yeah. Jesus, there was some, you know, notably... Uh, Jack Whiten's tackle on on yeah, yeah. on that winger. I mean, that was you know, that's a Jack special. Now, he can it, stop it, momentum. Oh, he he can. I remember the first game or one of the first games I saw him play in. Um, and good on the kid for getting up too. Oh by yeah, the way. yeah straight I away. Mean, I wouldn't have. <laughs> There's no way I'd still be there. I, they would have buried me where I fell. <laughs> uh, when he was playing one game before he got called up to first grade, was it 2012? He played his debut in yep. first grade. He played one game of um, of under 20s. Yeah, and I went out and watched it. it. Was at Canberra Stadium. Oh my god, he did that exact same tackle half a dozen times, mm. and it wasn't on big wingers. It was. It on, was on kids. <laughs> no, there, well, no, but there was a kid in that match. I was on the sideline for that one. Um, what was his no, name? No, you got to tell the licky licky. That licky, was licky. that was the semi final at the end of the year. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, no. It, but he's always done that. He's always been a piece of licky mind. licky licky licky. He's been mentioned on this podcast every year. It's he a was great name. Unfortunately, dropped off the dropped off the. Um, Went to Newcastle and disappeared. Yeah, he disappeared. But he was a prop slash winger. Now <laughs> there's not too many props. Matt slash- Dunning, I yeah. think, is the only one I can think of. Hi, this is Jared Croker. Why are you listening to this podcast? These guys know nothing. Um, but yeah, um, but big news for the club is that Jared Croker's back. The it captain is. returns. The captain returned into the back line and making way for him is Sebastian Chris, who, who has been. He's been Absolutely great. Absolutely a revelation. Really fantastic. Just and, fantastic. And again, you know, he did everything in that game against the Sharks. Yeah. Scored a try. Yeah. Um, and then, what about the, we did the kick to himself? Yeah, to yeah, himself. yeah. And then they pushed him Ran into the thing. Yeah. So, here's the question then. So, there's still a bit of contention. We haven't talked about this. Who's getting this week's $20 Blake and the Pork Land Speed Records Man of the Match voucher? You've already you've decided. Well, my personal thought was it was probably Curtis Scott's best outing, but Sebastian Chris, you make a powerful case. Joe Tarpany as well. Joe Tarpany was also good. I didn't see anyone really being that bad, but Sebastian Chris and Curtis Scott, I thought both did things to win the match. Yeah, look, we'll give it we'll give it to Curtis Scott as a bit of an a bit of a coach's coach's encouragement. encouragement but award. I, I, there was a real effort in his oh, he, and real determination in what he did. I liked it. I liked it a lot. One of the, one of my concerns um, about uh, Jared Croker's future in the team and and, it, and his his lack of physicality and lack of size, Curtis Scott's no not really any bigger than than Jared Croker, but he's just he's just a hundred percent purebred um, shy mongrel. Yeah, but and what what he what he lacks for in in size, he just makes up for just in just fight. Yeah, but can I refer to you on the Jared Croker's try saver on RTS? That was good. It, it wasn't just good; it was great. And that's that's in the extraordinary situation where that we'd all written that off. We'd all written that off as a try, and somehow he saved that. And that is what a captain brings to the game. Oh yeah, this, he's got to return to the team. He has to return he's to the team. To and, the and, team. And, and yeah, no. So I'm good. But now we get to a, a segment that everybody loves: the extended bench. Who's on the extended bench? Why no harmony on that one, Blake? 
Oh, sorry, I forgot to do that. Yeah. I thought it was who's got a lift. I thought I'd come in. No, you do that too, but maybe oh. maybe oh, okay. the extended bench you yeah. could come and give me a help. Yeah. Okay, so Sam Williams, Tom Starling, and then we've got Aikens coming in, right? Yes, the, the which young tells man from us. Penrith, we've which... got Caleb Aikens coming in. He's played 12 first grade games. He's out of the Panthers. So what does that tell us? Seeing this, an injury cloud. Overseeing K. Yeah, that's what I think. And, and then we've got and Sebastian to... Crystal on the extended bench. Notably, uh, Gula's not there and Smith Shields isn't yes. there. But in terms of there being a potential injury card over CNK and mm. over Hudson Young, well, if Hudson Young was a serious concern, presumably there would be a forward on the extended bench. There isn't a forward on the extended bench. Yeah, there is. There's Tom Starling, who can go into Lever Havili's place, who can yeah. then, then you can have Ryan Sutton go into the second row. So there's cover for that too. But Aikens is there, a straight like-for-like -like replacement if CNK drops out. Yeah, yeah. No. I am surprised um, that... I was expecting... Um, and I watched Aikens play, too, in the, the first home match for the reserve grade side, for the New South Wales Cup yeah. side. He was good. Yeah, no. He, just... A lot of talk, great positioning, really, really good running, too. He won't, He certainly wouldn't let us down. If he was I don't believe on. so. Uh, I would have expected Sebastian Chris to... Although I was expecting Croker to come back, yeah. I thought Chris would be retained in the 17, Yeah. at the expense of Saliva Havili. Because yeah. it's, you know... It, Ricky generally likes to have that, and yeah, we've seen cases seen have that before. have someone that can fill in the outside backs. But Sebastian Chris has got the size; he could go go into the forwards as well. Yeah, in terms of someone that you could have in the seventeen that could sort of play and, that role. And I'd argue, given the speed and the intensity we've seen, he could do one, two, five, three, yeah. and four. So yeah. I don't know about six and seven at this stage. No, no, no. But he could he could he could come in and, and fill in. I mean, clearly now backup half is Elliot Whitehead, as seen last year. Yeah. Um, the extended bench for the Warriors, Tom Ale. I, I'm wondering, is he related to Jermaine? <laughs> He's played one match, um, Tom. Um, and he is, I believe, a prop forward. Um, yes, he is. He's a prop. 183 centimetres, 109 kilos. So he's a big unit. Not he's that a, tall. No, but he's already played. Yeah, so it's a chunk of meat a la yeah. saliva, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, we got Marcelo Montoya out of the uh, the Canterbury Bankstown yeah. Bulldogs now over there. He's played 73 games. Um, he, he, well, he's a Colombian centre. international. Yeah, he's a centre come winger. Then you've got Paul Turner, who I don't know too much about. He's apparently a 5'8, he's only played one game so far. Um, and then Kane Evans. Uh, out of the Roosters, out of the Eels. Is he injured or is he just Dunno. a dud signing? Dunno. Dunno. Well, look, the Roosters were easy to let him go when there was a bit of salary cap stress. He, he was the Dylan Harper of his age. He's He really burst onto the scene yeah, at the yeah. Roosters and then he hasn't yeah. really... He was a shoulder um, charge specialist. Yeah, he hasn't really... At the end of the shoulder charge, that maybe is his trick. Who knows? He hasn't really lived up to it. He hasn't, didn't really kick on. Parramatta obviously got the better of the, the swap deal with the Warriors for the uh, Papalihi. Papa Lee, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was very good um, last week for, for um, Para. Parramatta. But I, I think, look, on that you have to give the extended bench to the Raiders. Um, but it's, it's a tight... You know, no, it's not a tight thing. You give it to the Raiders. Um, so, Listener of the Week. Yes, Listener of the Week. It's someone... We're not repeating a Listener of the Week this week. How's the spreadsheet going? You got the spreadsheet happening? Absolutely not, no. Haven't, <laughs> haven't even thought about it or tried. You're going to have to go back through and listen to all the old episodes. Isn't that your job? No, I've, I've already listened to them multiple times. Uh, you're going to have to go back through and listen to all the old episodes and work out all the previous listeners of the week. Or, alternatively, if someone's listening, if you've, if you've already been listening of the week, could you please send us a message, a text, 
yeah, facts. Yeah. I've done it. T- uh, I've done it twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. Uh, but anyway, so listener of the week is Lauren Gill. Mm. And Tell Lauren us all is about Lauren it. is a very loyal listener. She's a long time loyal listener. She is a former Canberran. Mm. Uh, who no longer I don't know where she lives now, but she is a, a former Canberran. And she's told me that um, she does, in fact, like to get a bit of a Kingsley's fix, as discussed previously. Yeah, yeah. She does like, when she comes back to Canberra, she does like to get a bit of a Kingsley's fix. Uh, she grew up in Kayleen and used to ride a bike to the stadium in the glory days. Kayleen, that's, um, that's Troy, Troy Thompson's stomping ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Kayleen, that's good. Um, and she, in fact, took her now husband on their very first date, proper date, to a Raiders game in 2004. So, oh, that's very nice. Well, that's fantastic. And, and look, and, and Lauren, we appreciate your feedback on the on the Facebook page. Um, we have posted uh, a response there just to clarify my comments from last week, uh, just to make it easy. Any other uh, any issues after that, if you just let us know. But just to clear up uh, what was meant by my comments there, if you go to the Facebook page, you'll see uh, the response there. But yes, well done, Lauren. Okay, so next up we have our new, our second issue of Lord Funkington Says... Canberra Raiders round three, and it's the New Zealand Warriors, man. Um, they've given us some pretty poor memories over the journey. 2018, when they came back from, I think it was something like 13 points in 20 minutes. Uh, 2014, when the Raiders were wearing that freaking horrible Hulk jersey and they smashed us and put 54 on us. Uh, that involved someone called Sean Johnson, though, who's not there anymore. He was too busy sitting on the sidelines last week as the Raiders pasted Cronulla. Uh, what's going to happen this week? They're a pretty good lineup, the Warriors. Oh, hang on a minute. Let me just look at something. Coached by Nathan Brown. Ah. <laughs> oh, coached by Nathan Brown. Raiders by 56. Yeah, look, I've been a bit of a critic of Nathan Brown and his coaching credentials in the past. So, uh, But 56, yeah, no, I'm not, not quite sure that's, that's going to occur. The saddest thing that he brought up then was actually that loss in the Hulk jerseys oh, too. Oh, goodness gracious that was, I was there. That was a dark day. And, and yep. there is one of the more sadder sights in Raiders history yeah, is uh, poor old Campo sitting at the press conference oh. next to Ricky yep. in his Hulk jersey. Yeah, it's the last time he ever played for the Raiders. Yeah, no, it was it was it was a bad bow. I was in that room and it was a bad day. Yeah, sad times. It was sad it was times. a bad day because you know as you know Campo was a great great service. club legend, club legend, a club and, legend. Know, and look it, that it, run in two thousand and eight after Carney got the boot. He picked it up and he said, "Come on, follow me, boys." And they did, and it was fun, wasn't it? Oh, it was beautiful. It was until that knee went in that bloody match against the West Tigers. Anything was possible. It's quite a sliding doors moment there, really. There was every chance we could have gone on with it in 2010. Yeah, I well, mean, 2010. Prior to the prior to the um, the game against the Tigers where he did his knee, the week before that game at Penrith Stadium, mm. he was outstanding. Yeah, and yeah. that was the most fun I've ever had as as a Raiders. And when the fence a, collapsed, yeah, yes. I was there. I, I was I was watching that from my uh, from my coast house at my birthday party. Hi, Alan Sung here, former Canberra Raiders captain. And you know what? I don't really listen to podcasts, but if I did, I'd probably listen to the third most popular Canberra Raiders one, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. There's something that annoyed me this week, Blake. In fact, you might say it grinds my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? Do you know what grinds my gears, Blake? Tell us. So I don't know if you follow me on Twitter. Probably don't bother. It's not yeah, really worth it. Yeah, I blocked you, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I blocked you too. I blocked you first. Um, so on the weekend, there I saw this tweet come out from a, a Sydney-based tweeter that I follow. And it was basically pointing out there was bad juju coming out of North Queensland about Todd Payton. 
And I just remarked back, it's amazing. You wouldn't think, you know, at none of the other clubs does anyone think, you know, like with Stewart or Bellamy or Bennett um, or Robinson, you would dare think of leaking something like that in there. But, of course, they think it's okay with Peyton. Anyway, this guy came back. These people came back and said, why is Stewart put in with that thing? He's had no success. To which I pointed out, well, he's actually, you know, won a premiership and he's coached side to another, you know, three grand finals and he's coached Australia and New South Wales so obviously good and their point coming back is no he's a myth he's never achieved anything and anything he has achieved has been someone else's responsibility and he hasn't done anything whatsoever and I pointed out well how about the 08 Sharks who he took from being cellar dweller losers with a dreadful roster and took them to equal first place on the ladder at the end of the home and away and the only way they were knocked out was by the storm side that was proven to have systematically cheated the salary cap so surely that was an achievement. No, apparently not. And then building this Raiders side from the ground up from 2014 on, no, that's completely Peter Mulholland and some other people, and he's just followed them. He doesn't know what he's doing. Now, you know what grinds my gears? is complete f***tards like that who are just so bile and hate-ridden that they can't give people any credit for the things they do. And they're so blinded by their own narrative of hatred and bile that they come out with continual shit like that. Anybody who cannot accept that Ricky Stewart has not built this Raiders side up to be an extremely competitive unit by his own sweat and blood and determination... Passion. ...and passion is an idiot, is an absolute idiot, and they grind my gears. And you know what? You can print it on a pineapple and stick it where the sun don't shine. What the f*** are you looking at? Yeah, that's right. I'm looking at you, Warriors supporters, with your bloody overly nice attitudes and patient nature with a stupid team that loses all the damn time yet you keep turning up with a smile on your face like football's a fun thing in spite of the fact it clearly isn't and then you're sticking your tongue out like it's gonna scare me well guess what it fucking does there was something that uh has annoyed you this week blake in fact it's made you go on the burst yeah the kafusi suspension oh i mean since the retirement Breach. of since the retirement of cameron smith it's like who's my most disliked player in the nrl hmm well, it has to be a Storm player, just by virtue. Right. And then I look through the Storm side. Who's my now most least liked player of the Storm? It's Kafusi. Right. The guy is a total grub and a jerk. And um, the fact that he gets away with staying on the field yep. at the time of the incident, the you know the the, the head slam elbow. Um, yeah. And then only gets two weeks for it. Just blows my mind. It does. It's it just, does. It's just, it stinks. It's ridiculous. I mean, Compa- is, compared is Ryan to the- Madison sitting out this week. Oh, he should be. And I mean, it's one of those things where... And Ryan oh, Madison's not a player who stays down. No, and it's one of those things where... But he's a player that's got a history of getting knocked out, especially in recent times. Yeah, uh, he is um, not in the side this week. No. Nah. So there you go. Um, you can say that it's an accident. But all these things, when it's the storm doing it, I mean... You know, it's, You're saying the presumption of guilt rather than the presumption of innocence. Well, so. you know, it's, it's funny how all these things always seem to happen with the storm, don't they? These well, accidents... Midweek, um, there was an outcry of uh, Christian Welsh doing a, t- a legs tackle while his two Storm teammates were doing jiu-jitsu on the top end. And he came in and twisted uh, Isaiah Papali'i's leg, uh, who let out a shriek of pain as a result of it. Fortunately, it hasn't led to anything bad, but um, players were laying into Welsh. And he's come out on uh, Twitter and apologised and said, you know, like, I just was trying to pull his legs together. I did it badly and I hurt. That wasn't the intention and stuff. But... You know, I hear what you're saying about the storm, but Christian Welsh doesn't strike me as a grub. 
No, he's a very intelligent and articulate man. I'll tell so, you he's, got, yeah. he's, got a, he's working on his, his uh, business degrees and he sent the, the NRL a whole proposal that he did as an assignment on how to improve the game or something or governance. Or, like, yeah, he's, well, he's, an, he's an interesting guy. Kafusi, on the other hand, is just a grub. All right. So, he's a dirty grub. grub. So, he's is he on the leaderboard for grub of the season? Blake 100%. and the Pork's grub of the season. 100%. So, he's our, he's our first, first go there. Over. All right, so um, let's get to our favourite segment for our things, Ask Clown of the Week. <laughs> Blake, who've you got? DCE, your Ooh, mate. Oh, my mate DCE. Taking a dive, getting on the trail, Mitchell, putting the sin bin. It's one of those ones where it, I, I think he should have gone the sin bin. For you referencing it the other week, in soccer, it's, you can get a yellow card for what's known. Simulation. Simulation, yeah. Mm. So, And it, it, it's just the dive, it just really had that soccer look about it where it's like oh I've kind of got a bit of a tap I'll run a bit further see if I can still score no no I'm not going to get the ball so now I'll throw myself on the ground it was like that he got clipped and then he just kept on running and then realised he wasn't going to get the ball so then he threw himself on the ground with his arms in the air you know Brett Morris Josh Morris whichever Morris brother it was that that threw their arms in the air he did that style so he is definitely my ass clown of the week I think it's Brett Morris Brett Morris Um, yeah. yeah look and the whole thing about DCE is... He I didn't just... think that was a sin bin. I think it was very tenuous saying that. I, did Latrell clip him? I think he might have. Oh, the slightest touch. But but, I mean... but it was... There was... Just as I think in order to sin bin a player for simulation, you'd have to be absolutely freaking certain of it. Um, I think to sin bin a player happen. for taking someone out, there just wasn't enough no. evidence for take Latrell out for that one. And look, people will argue he's within his rights, it's within the rules, he'd be stupid not to. I hear what you're saying, but it just stinks. Yeah. It stinks. And I find DCE, across the board, he just is a weird cat, man. He's just very, when he talks, you think he's very, you know, articulate and sincere. I always find him a bit smug and disingenuous. Not my experience with the man. Uh, look, he's from Manly, so of course I want to hate him. It's in my DNA to hate Manly. He's from Queensland. Yeah, but it, it's in my DNA. I oh, don't hate Queensland. Um, it's in my DNA to hate Manly, obviously. It's like any normal, rational rugby league supporter. It's in your DNA to hate Manly. And so you, you meet him, and you think, oh, I'm going to hate this guy, and then you start talking. I being, know, you've been charmed. You've fallen for his charlatan charm. Yeah, but let's move it, on. To, it wasn't okay, just once on. or twice. It's every time. Yeah, he, he makes you feel giddy and, you know... He does, he does. That and... I do, I do. But what I'm saying to you is I just don't hate him. Anyway, I do have an Ask Clown of the Week. Now, special mention before I get on to my actual Ask Clown of the Week is all those supporters out there having the anti-croaker comments. Seriously, people, what is the point of that? We all know that Sebastian Chris has been doing well. We've all been encouraged. We all want to see the kid get a go. But Jared Croker has played 284 games for our club. He is our captain. He is our goal kicker. He's one of our talismanic leaders. He has bled for this club. And he's come from the darkest of the dark days. He was on that field in that 68-4 loss. He was on that field, and he has come through and taken, you know, and every time we think, oh, maybe he's gone, maybe he's not, he comes up with a season like 2016 and 2019 where his his efforts were part of the reason we got there. Well, in 2021, you can be guaranteed that Jared Croker is going to be busting your gut to oh, do yeah. it. So please, please, you can have your internal reserves, but get in behind the team, get in behind the player, because otherwise we're no better than Manly supporters. We're yeah. no better than, you know, uh, Parramatta supporters bagging out their own players. We bleed green. We stick together. We pick, we stick, you know? 
and we're inside the tent pissing out, not outside the tent pissing in. Let's remember that. Let's stick together. As the 18th player, Canberra Raiders supporters, let's support our club. But my Ask Clown of the Week is, in fact, none other than formerly our own John Sharkey, who right. has defected after we gave him his chance. We gave him his break. Just like we gave James Tedesco, you know, James Tedesco got his break at the West Tigers and then racked off as soon as he could to the, the Roosters. We gave John Sharkey his break, you know. He, he needed a bit of a go. We felt sorry for him. You know, look at his head for a starter. Um, you know, he's not very talented. And, and we thought to ourselves, you know what? The poor guy needs a bit of a go. He's in a foreign country and he's standing out like, like bollocks on a dog. And, you know, we'll be nice to him. So what does he do? He turns around straight away and goes to the Green Machine podcast and then laughs about it. So Blake and I have uh, taken this to the board. Uh, the board of directors at Blake and the Pork, and we have elected to terminate uh, John Sharkey's contract effective immediately. Blake? I, John, look, I tried to argue, I tried to argue your case, John, but um, the Pork's firm on this one, and yeah, so I, I didn't have the numbers. I couldn't get the backing. I wanted to give you another chance, but the decision's been made. But we will allow you to have one more representation uh, to, to Blake and the Pork to argue your case. Listen, I want to address the contract rumors that have been floating around Twitter about me this week. I know I went on the Green Machine podcast, and, you know, that seems a little weird, but I just want to state that I have not asked for a release from my contract at Blake and the Pork. I just thought going on the Green Machine would be good synergy, you know, man, like raise the profile of the show. Kind of like when Rob Thomas and uh, Santana got together and did this. See, it sounds just like Santana. All right, so, you know, I just want to squash any rumor that, you know, I'm going to be leaving the show. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. Hello? Hey, Sam, baby, what's up? Yeah, I'm just doing this thing for Blake and the Pork right now. Let me get this, uh, let me get these rubes off my back, and then we'll, uh, you know, we'll talk about the new contract. God damn, I got the phone call. Hold on. Hold on. Hey, Isaac, what's up? Yeah, I'm just doing that thing for uh, for Blake and the Pork. Look, let me just get these dopes off my back. So pull the limo out front, all right? Uh, I'll pack my bags and then we'll we'll, uh, we'll talk about that contract. All right, ciao. All right, yeah. So I just want to say that I'm completely. I just want to state clearly, I'm cle- completely devoted to Blake and the Pork. I'm not going anywhere. I love this show and I'm happy here. I'm just trying to do what's best for my family. Okay, go you green things. I gotta go pack my bags. Not good enough, Blake. <laughs> Not good enough. Yeah, you go and pack your bag, Shark. You go on. You, you go off and enjoy yourself with the uh, what, what's that podcast called? With Mike, that guy. You know the one. We do have reasons to be cheerful this week. Two from two, with possibility of going three from three. I like it. I'd like it too. And you know, like I sort of think in the back of my head that getting two wins from two when the form has been patchy is sort of even better than getting we're building. Getting yeah, we're building. We're it's building. a marathon, people, not a sprint. You, you, know, know? you don't want to peak in March. But we're still you don't want to results. peak in April. We're still going past the milestones and achieving those, so enjoy that. At, on, on Saturday, we're at home. It's during the day. It's little chance of rain, so that, that's that got to be good. 
And, you know, it's the Warriors at home. So we've got at least a 50% chance of winning that match, which will be very good. Any reasons to be cheerful from you, Blarko? I think we're going to win. I think we're, well, my main reason to be cheerful is um, when you think about going into the season two weeks ago, my biggest concern was, yep, we're great in the forwards, mm. the spine's good. My concern was uh, quality and depth in the outside backs. Mm. And so far this season, we've Seb Chris has come in, done mm. an incredible job. Um, Curtis Scott's improved our side. Curtis Scott's dramatically improved. Called on him to lift, did. Yep. Called uh, on Jack to lift, Harley did. Harley Smith-Shields is looking very good. And the the man that we assumed was the front runner to come into the side, if anyone's coming in, was Tomoko. And yeah. look, he's still there as well. So, yeah, the, a huge reason to be cheerful is yep. suddenly we've gone from thinking that we had no depth in the outside backs. We've got so much now that the people didn't even want um, Joe Kroger to come straight back in the team. Yeah. That's 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 amazing. Sign. You would never have thought yeah, that, would that's you? a sign. But yeah, speaking of Joe Kroger, you spoke to him before. You know, I questioned his long-term um, role on the side, where, you know, but at no point do I want to death ride him. I want him to come back bigger and better than ever. Yeah. And because there is a guy, you can, you know, you look at people like your Joey Leilewis and at times you question their commitment or their desire or yeah. you can never say that about Joe Croker. He might have a dirty day but it's not through lack of effort no. not through lack of heart no. not through lack of love for the club so get behind him boys. So who's got a lift? Who? Well for mine they had a dirty day last weekend. I want to see Jordan Rappiner and Bailey Jordan Simonson Jordan was not bad. It was not bad. Bailey Simonson's the one I think that yeah he's had a couple of things not go great mind you let's talk about that take and that pass for the try yeah that was good that was just outstanding so but i just want to see him go to that extra extra level where you know in those matches where they're you know just better ball control uh, more focus and really getting us out of trouble and completing when we need um all in all where i was really clutching at straws to figure out who was going to lift this week because i'm pretty happy with the way that the club's going no that doesn't exist <laughs> that that expiry doesn't exist people um, but um, so in one of the things I flagged last week was that we were going to have a sort of in an, a competition within the competition, an internal cup, um, which was yes. the Battle of the Bogans. Oh yes, Curtis Scott up against Josh Dugan. Yep, Curtis Scott clear winner, clear winner by well, knockout. Josh, Josh Dugan, Dugan, he got a try, but and it, he, he pulled a penalty right at the end there. Aside from that, I, I gave I gave it clearly to um, to Curtis Scott, and as per the rules, yeah. The loser of the Battle of the Bogans now has to get a tattoo removed. Right, right. Uh, so and, you're t- and you're telling Josh Dugan, time to get rid of that the um, Ray Lewis on his thigh tattoo. Right, it's always weird, and this is a good opportunity to get rid of it. Right, okay. Ray Lewis, you want yeah. that one gone yeah. there? So uh, yeah, there's not really. I mean, is there any Bogans in the the Warrior side? I, I, don't, I wouldn't. I, there's not really anyone there on point. <laughs> That I would say. Well, I'm, I reckon you and Aiken, he's he's probably a bit of a bogan. Well, he's, he's on our team, so, you know. Who, you and Aiken? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no right. Yeah, yeah, no, yes, yeah, you and Aiken. But yeah. he's out. But he's out, so we can't have a he's battle of the bogan there. He's a bogan. I mean, can you make a case for Cody Nicarima being no. a man of the flannel? No. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know you can. So maybe the battle of the bogans doesn't actually well, there's happen. No one with a, there's no one with a heap of shit tats on the Warriors team, is there? Not that I can think of. No. No, no, they're all tasteful and well-spelled. <laughs> um, but uh, so next weekend after this, we got the Titans away on the 3rd of April, which is the Saturday again. And then we're away to the Panthers on the 9th of April. So you'll only have a six-game uh, uh, turnaround before we go off and play Panthers away. That's going to be tough. That's going to be a big game. Hopefully we're turning up there with uh, four wins under our belt. 
Yes. That would be good. Anyway, you have been listening to the third most popular. We should mention as well, we're out a day early this week. Yes, we're we out are. on Thursday. And moving forward, the plan is to come out a day earlier. Yeah. Because A, I don't want to spend a Thursday night not watching editing the, the podcast, not watching the football. And um, we've actually got some Thursday night games coming up soon as well. So if we came out on a Friday, yep. that'd be a bit weird. That would be very strange. So yeah, we're coming out on a Thursday henceforth, which might throw a cat amongst the pigeons with the other podcast. But you know... We'll do as we damn well please. We'll do as we damn well please. And uh, just a reminder, up yours, Sharky. You've been listening to the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork, and we'll talk to you again soon. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork.